0: Welcome to one Thank you for being here this week. Happy 2021. Happy New Year. Happy 2020 is behind us. Happiness all around, and everybody's going to be super happy that, you know, we're here, and that's great. Uh, I hope everyone had a great break. I hope everyone had a great New Year. I hope everyone had a great holiday. Um, And now we're back to work, and that's great. So uh, happy 2021. What I'd like to do this year on the podcast Considering this, you know, I was thinking about the podcast and, and how I can make this more uh, purposeful, I guess, more helpful to people, um, all kinds of different different ways that we can do this podcast. And um, and so I was thinking about, you know, as the book is coming out in two weeks, January 19th, more info on adaptinginmotion.com, get the book, it's called Adapting in Motion, uh, it's really big on finding your place in the new economy. And, and I want to keep that theme throughout the year because this 2020 smacked us across the face, right? And change happened in the blink of an eye. And I think the lesson we've learned in this is that regardless of the change that comes, you're going to have to adapt if you want to keep up, right? And it's not about beating the change or getting ahead of the change. It's about keeping pace with the change or keeping up in some particular way. And so when I think about that and the amount of change and the challenges we're going to have and the challenges that are going to continue to exist in 2021 versus last year, uh, there are a lot of things, a lot of different types of things that that we can cover this year. And, And some of those things, everything from career coaching to communicating at the office, I have a list of things that I want to be tactical, tangible bits of things that you can think about because you're going to have to Answer these questions for yourself. And, you know, the theme is I've shared the book with a few people who have read it before it comes out. And the theme that they have almost all tapped into is that Jim, you didn't tell me exactly what to do. And I like that. And I said, I can't tell you what to do because everybody's different. But I can ask you the questions and lay the foundation for you to fill in those gaps. Because how you respond to change is going to be very different to how I respond to change. And I would never presume to tell you what to do. And so today I want to cover career coaching. And here's why. Um, Career coaching, big business. uh, Lots of money in career coaching. But I feel like people... um, there are different types of career coaching and different aspects and angles to to cover with career coaching. But I feel like it's a time with a career where people are at their most vulnerable. And nobody could tell you what career you're supposed to have. And when people are in such a vulnerable spot, like I need a job, I think you know I can lay out a couple questions and give them some tips from what I've heard and from what I've experienced that would be helpful for them so that they don't have to pay these hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars or whatever it is for a career coach. Not to say that a career coach is not worth its money. I'm going to cover that and, and when to appropriately go there. Um, but high level, why I want to talk about career coaching today is is the economy is changing, which we know. There is a good chance you'll be looking if you're not looking already for a new gig, either because you're getting burned out or because you're being left behind or you get cut out or whatever reason. Um, but also because it, it it we want to put you in a position to be successful, And it helps build relationships. And the advice I'm going to give you today is meant to do that, is to put you in a position to be successful uh, beyond wherever we are today, okay? So this this is advice beyond, you know, if you're not looking for a job right now, that's fine. The information I share with you today is going to be very beneficial for you from a career perspective, okay? It's not just I need a job. So that's one. So the two levels of career coaching and the people who reach out to me for career coaching uh, there are two levels. One, what do I want to do with my life? What is my purpose? What is all of that, you know, hippie kind of ridiculous? Um, we have this desire for something that's not quite there, and we want a coach to fill that for us, um, which isn't quite how it works. And so I want to explain that to you a little bit. Uh, but then the other one is how do I find a new job? Okay, and so those are the two. We we covered the one. I need help. I got to find a job. Help me with my resume. Blah 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 blah. Um, and two, what is what is the meaning of life, and what is my purpose, and and how do I solve that? So, um, I have strong opinions. I'll try and keep those opinions in check because again, everybody is different. But I'm going to cover both of those areas. So let's start with purpose. <laughs> I want a job with purpose. That's what everybody says to me. I want a job that that um, I value. And so let's talk about purpose. Um, a sense of purpose is subjective. We need to start with that, okay. We usually point to the external. I want a job that gives me a sense of purpose. Um, I want this to give me a sense of purpose. I want you know, and that's fine, but you're not going to get it. Because a sense of purpose is internal. And uh, there is this thing in, in coaching that we talk about, and it's called the learning mindset. And, and when you're learning something new, that that taps into your sense of purpose. What you are doing for yourself, how you pivot to a future role, your new job. Most of the times when we're looking for something new... Um, what we're looking for is we want to learn from the people around us and we want to surround us with something that gives us our sense of purpose, okay? So I know a lot of people who leave finance um, and want to go work for a nonprofit, and I ask them why, and they say, well, it'll give me a sense of purpose. And I say, well, it's not, right? You're gonna be doing the same work, same type of work, and you're gonna be getting paid half as much, right? Unless you're on the front lines of seeing actual change, corporate law in finance is very similar to corporate law in nonprofit. And so the question is why, are you making that switch? And we, we're trying to fill these holes. And I'm not saying don't work for a nonprofit, totally work for a nonprofit. Definitely do your help. That would be great. Um, but but as we sit there, what I want to do with my life and the value and purpose I get for my life is very involved. And it's a very difficult question to ask. This taps into value sets. This taps into, you know, what's important to you? What do you prioritize? And, and you know, do you have a family? What are the, the questions that you want to answer? And so when we think about all of this levels of purpose, your job needs to support that. It's not going to give you the sense of purpose, if that makes sense. And so I will say it does help to chat this out with with people. Um, and so when I when I think about career coaching, I don't take many clients who are looking for a career coach simply because um, I take some. If I, if I think I can help them in the right way. But what I charge for coaching is generally more than what most people need. From a career coaching perspective, I went to a career coach when I was in corporate. Uh, and it was worth every penny, and then some so if you find a good career coach, um, the one to 200 bucks an hour that you're going to spend on most career coaches, that's what they I would say they probably charge, it's probably worth it. Um, and, and why it's worth it is they're going to show you a mirror to what it is that that you keep saying you want, but you haven't found. Um, when we think about, um, you know, worst case scenarios, you learn about yourself. But but here's how career coaching works. Is you go in and say, I don't like my job. I want you to help me figure out what my next career move is. And they'll say, okay, what do you like to do? And you're going to say, I like to do this, this, and this. And they're going to say, okay, well, I heard this. Well, what does that really mean? And um, it's nice to have someone who's uh, who doesn't really care about you but has your best interest in mind. Um, when I say they don't care about you, <laughs> it's a little harsh, but they, they don't know you, okay? And when we have this career that we've built, we have assumptions on what we can and can't do. And this person, this career coach, will challenge those assumptions. And it helps to have someone who doesn't know you. So, I, I mean, I, and that's just great. You say why, why do you think that, why do you think that? Um, they will pick up on things that you just normally gloss over because as we go for 15, 20, 25, 30 years, the story, the narrative gets this nice groove into a record and the record just plays and we just want someone to scratch that record. So um, if you are thinking about a career coach, feel free to reach out and I'm happy to introduce you to good ones. Um, there are, you know, I have strong opinions on coaches and, and you know, if you think about career coaching, there are a dime a dozen out there. So find um, one that you trust, find one, um, be very specific in what you want to get out of that coach, what does success look like, and and make sure you hold that coach accountable. And there's an episode on here, if you find out how to pick a coach, listen to that, and that will help you do that. And I'm happy to to introduce you to someone. But um, career coaching is uh, important. And so here's what I got out of career coaching. So I was sitting in corporate, um, hated it. And I was I was pretty burned out. I was doing uh, PR and, and corporate communications during the financial crisis for a bank, um, which worst kind of job you can have in the worst time you know ever. Um, and the place where I was when I first started talking to a career coach, I was um, burned out. Like this place had 150 percent turnover in less than a year. Um, horrible place to work. I'm not going to name the place, obviously. But I started talking to a career coach. I was at the point where I was researching what it would take. I was going through my lease. How much would it cost me to break my lease? Because I was going to quit my job and I wouldn't afford my, I wouldn't be able to afford my apartment. And then where could I live that would be very inexpensive that I could just kind of check out for a year or two. And, and um, I was a day away from sending a note to my... I have a relative who was living in South Africa about could I just volunteer there and could you find me a place to live? Um, That's where I was. And um, another company reached out to me that day to say, come work with me. And I said, okay, great. So that was that. Um, And I did it. Cycle continued. And uh, I, I thankfully went and spoke to a career coach because the cycle for work is typically this. I hate my job. I get a new job. And then I'm all excited about the new job. And then I get smacked across the face with like all the normal stuff that typically happens. And I go back to hating my job because it's the same shit, different place. And so then I started looking for a new job and it's a four to five year cycle. You do a four to five times and there's your 25 year career and that's miserable. Okay. It's pretty miserable to do that, but that was the cycle that I was on. So when I went to a career coach, this guy was phenomenal. Um, he did it on the side. It wasn't even like a full-time gig. He just liked to do it and liked to meet people. um, I met with him about four times over the course of about two years. And it was more of just me thinking about what was important to me. And I sat there and I, you know, the first day was like, tell me about what do you like to do? I'm like, oh, I like to travel. I like to help people. Um, you know, what do you do with that career coach? Uh, <laughs> uh, but he, he learned more and, and we talked more about why, right? And there are the ex- the exercises you could do is why, why do you like to travel? Why do you like that? And if you ask five whys, there's this thing in corporate, you ask five whys, and that's your root cause analysis. And why do we get to, you know, that? Um, and and so after two years of answering these whys, you know, I, I had some ideas. And and so one of the ideas that we had come up with, and we were just spitballing ideas, you know, do I set up a travel company where you could volunteer, right? So you could help people and travel, and that's awesome. Uh, scared the hell out of me uh, to, to take that kind of risk. Like that was a big, big thing. But I love the idea of it. Now I the people do it everywhere. Um, one was I, I could become a teacher, which I, I wasn't really an option for me because I would never be able to deal with parents. Um, but, you know, it's a possibility, right? And there, there's a conversation of what can I do versus what do I want to do? And there's an important discussion there for you to have with someone you trust. And yes, I can do this, which is when we're looking through these jobs. Yeah, I could do that, I could do that. All of these can get me out of my current situation. But instead, we should be thinking about what do I wanna do? And so I came very close and I started putting together a business plan to open up a wine shop. And the reason I wanted to open up a wine shop was because I wanted a big community center in the back that people could rent out and I could have events and do all those things because that was big for me to bring people together. Um, didn't like, I, I kind of put together some business plans, but I wasn't fully that I was looking at places in Brooklyn. And, you know, I, I answered all the questions. And I started looking at different places on where I could do it, what could I do? and What do I need? And it was a bit of a dream, right? And then after two years, uh, if code, the idea of coaching fell into my lap, my wife came home with I heard about this thing in Columbia, and I'm, I'm like, Alright, perfect, done. This is it. Like this is I didn't know this is what I wanted. But this is what I wanted. And the reason I knew it was what I wanted was because I had answered all of my questions. And I had started to think about and talk to people about what it was that, like, I want to make a change. I don't want to be in corporate. Everyone's like, yeah, I agree. I totally get it. Uh, But I had done some of this work on saying, you know, this is why I like to help people. This is why I like to travel because I actually like to meet new people and I like to get new experiences and I like to think differently and I like to help people think differently and share my stories and all of these types of things. And all of a sudden, when I started to peel back that onion, it started to create a coaching business. And I started the coaching business while I was in corporate, while I was getting my certification. And all of a sudden, I said, I could do this. And it slowly started to work where I can actually create a coaching business and not work in corporate. And that was an important thing for me, where I started to do the things that gave me value. My attitude towards corporate completely changed. The things I started to do where I said, you know what, this is more of a purpose where I'm, I'm talking to people to say, I can help. If you want my help, I'm here to help. And people reached out and that started jazzing me so much. And then all of a sudden, my career started to take a different arc because I was open to that possibility of doing something different. Then, you know, as you know, starting a business is a completely different type of discussion, which I'll save for another podcast, but um, I learned a lot. And starting a business, and now I am what six years into the business, completely different than what I had anticipated it to be. But I wouldn't change it; like it's it's phenomenal. So, so for those thinking about what do I want to do with my life, corporate law sucks, and this isn't what I dreamed of, and I am trapped because I got all this student loan debt, and I got a family and a mortgage, and uh, I got to pay off the the car and all this other stuff. Is we need to start having the question of, you know, one, what are your boundaries? What are your priorities? Um, It's okay if your family is not a priority. It's okay to admit it. We have to admit some of these things. For many people, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to leave my family. But you know what? Maybe I do want to spend more time doing something different. And I need to start articulating this and sharing this with my spouse, with my friends. This is a dream of mine that I want to start doing. And this is what really gives me energy. Um, I've always wanted to... Create a garden in the backyard. Okay, what do you need to do to do that? Like there, there are different things that we can do and it may not just be this completely corporate pivot. For some it is, and that's okay. So, So we need to articulate, figure out what it is that we want to do and then find someone so that they can challenge our thinking so that we can start to do that. Simple, basic, there is your, what do I want to do with my life? I can't tell you what you want to do with your life. And so when someone comes to me to say, I want to talk through this stuff, that's fine. Most of the people I take from a career coaching perspective involves the aspect of making the pivot and creating a business plan or something like that. Those are the ones I typically take. But other ones will just say, all right, we can articulate and outline what it is uh, that's important to you, what you value. Uh, We can say, you know, how do you change your current job to be more value-driven or purposeful? But a lot of it is the psychology of what you're bringing to your particular situation. Um, I know people who get a lot of value out of being a janitor because uh, that janitor job is paying for their kid's education. And that's their value. That's their purpose. Okay, and I do know people who do that. I know people who get their value working at a Home Depot because they love being around tools and they get enough money and they've they've figured it out and they've got their situation and it pays for something else that they're doing. Okay, your job is a utility. Uh, Some people need their their value system is based on money. Their value system is based on an expensive car. And that's fine. That's their value system. And so now they're looking to acquire money to pay for all of these things. That's fine. As long as you're not hurting people, it doesn't matter. You do whatever you got to do. But we have to articulate what's important to us. And it's not always, you know, making money is not a bad thing. But when you're doing it at the cost and expense of something that that you value, that's when it becomes a problem. And so so people, that's generally the juxtaposition and the, and the value system that they try to change. So that's that. That's your what do I need to do with my life. That's part one of it. Let's talk part two because I feel like there are a lot of people who want the more resume uh, LinkedIn aspect, because a lot of people call me on that. I don't take them because I tell them that they don't need too much of a coach for that. And I'll I'll temper my conversation on this a little bit Um, because my philosophy on finding a new job is that we waste too much time uh, and too much energy trying to make our resume. And we stress out about our resume and our elevator pitch and all of this stuff. And we hire a LinkedIn coach and a resume coach and all this other crap. Um, and it's a waste of your time and it's a waste of your money, uh, resume. You need a resume. Fine. Put, put together a CV. It's table stakes, right? A LinkedIn profile table stakes, but you just have to have it. I'm not going to say nobody's reading it, but they're not giving it the scrutiny that you think people are giving it. It's going into a system and an algorithm's looking for keywords and the odds of you getting a call by putting your stuff into that with thousands of other resumes are pretty small because everybody else is doing the exact same thing. OK, so I want to put this kind of this filter over your resume and your LinkedIn and, and your other thing to, to like, I'm going to give you real talk, right? You're going to submit all of these things online for all these different jobs. You're probably not going to get a call. Um, and it's a lot of time and energy for a lot of dead ends. I'm not saying don't do it, but let's be smart about it and let's put it where it needs to be. OK, um, your resume, we'll start with your resume, you should tell a story. Okay, nobody's reading about 15 years ago, these little bullets, what you did on page two or three of your resume. Nobody's doing it. Okay, I, I'll just tell you that right now. Even when I was hiring people in corporate, never read it. I looked at the last one, maybe a couple headlines, and that's it. And since all the people are looking for are headlines, write a story telling them, this is what I can do for you. You're not telling them what you've done. Your resume should be telling them what you can do for them. Okay, so write your little headline of this is what I'm looking to do. This is the value I bring. This is my experience. But then it could all be done on one page, maybe two. Okay, do it quick. Do it in like an afternoon. Have somebody else look at it, give you some comments, and then it's done, right? Take your LinkedIn, copy it, and just put it on. And that's it. Okay, don't sweat it. Put it out and you could do that. Where you should be spending most of your time, if you were looking for a job, or if you think you're going to be looking for a job, and even if you don't think you're going to be looking for a job, this is where you should be spending your time. Network. Your network is going to get you your new job. And the reason why is when your network can introduce you to someone, your resume goes to the top of the list. When your network can say, I know someone who can do this for you, your resume goes to the top of the list. Okay, that is what your the value of your network now. Important thing about a network is you're not selling yourself to your network. You want to create relationships so that they can introduce you to people who have the access that you need. Okay. So we don't want to just start handing out resumes at a networking event and doing, you know, all this stuff. You want to create relationships so that people understand what it is that you can do. And then they can introduce you to the proper people. Your network has to know how to help you and what you do. We don't use acronyms. We don't use any of this crazy stuff. And so let me tell you about your network. Your network is not these big corporate cocktail parties where you have to go around and try and impress people with an elevator pitch. That's not what I'm talking about. Your network is a group of people with similar interests to you. Your network is your knitting circle. Your network is your running group. Your network are your neighbors. Your network are your cousins, your friends, your family. Your network are people who um, are in your online Reddit group that you guys are always sharing with. This is who your network is, right? It's also people you work with. But the easiest way to build a network is to find people with similar interests to you, not work. And they can introduce you to other people who may be able to help you with your work. So your network is everywhere. And we put so much pressure on ourselves to try to impress other work people with this story of who we are, that we move back from actual tangible tactical ways that they can help you. When you go to a networking event, and there's tons of them online, uh, we should be using extremely simple language so that people know who they can introduce you to. Who in my network, so let's say you are a graphic designer. Great, I know a lot of graphic designers. Is there a specific niche that you like to focus on? Graphic design has a lot of different specialties. What's your specialty? If you design book covers, I can introduce you to a shit ton of authors. I can introduce you to a ton of publishers. I can introduce you to all these different types of people. But now I know a specific area of graphic design that might be able to help you. So we need to think about specifically, do people understand? Like if you're an accountant, There's a lot of different types of accountants. There's corporate accountants. There's CPAs. There's all kinds. How do I help you? How do I, you know, I know a lot of accountants. Do I introduce you to just other accountants? Or can I introduce you to, you know, a person who'd be able to use your services? So help me understand the specifics of what it is that you're looking to do or that you are able to do, because I may know someone who can help you and it may be from completely left field but it may be something interesting. And so when we think about networking and creating a job hunt, we we generally automatically go to who can get me a job. Okay? And that's our first, you know, we think about recruiters, we think about all these people. And that's fine, right? You you can spend an afternoon doing a resume, you can have discussions with recruiters and you could do all of this stuff. But you may know someone who's like your kid's teacher who may know someone who's looking for the services that you have, right? Who may be looking to hire something that you do. And it may come from anywhere. And so we have to learn to communicate and articulate our skill set, what we do, what we're looking to do so that people know specifically how to help you. And when they make that introduction for you, you have just, you've jumped the algorithm. You've beaten the algorithm. And now you're at the top of the list, and you're talking to someone who may be able to actually put you in a seat. And that's what's really important. So, when we think about searching for a job, and even if you're not now, I'm going to say this it's much easier to build these relationships when you're not looking. Okay. When you're not looking for a job, it's much easier because you've built the relationships, the pressure's off, and you're just meeting all of these people who you may be able to help and may be able to help you. And you create relationships. What's odd. It's not odd, but what's wild when we think about building a network is it's not a short-term thing. It's not a transactional thing, like real quick. When you think about your four- to five-year cycles five times, who are you building right now that's going to be in your network in 25, 30 years? I mean, if you're 30, 40 years old, you're working for another 25, 30 years. That's wild. And who are the people that you're building now? I mean, do you still talk to people from high school? I don't. Not really. Do you talk to people from college? I do a few. I've got a few close friends. That's part of my network. Who are you meeting now that you could tap into in 5, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years? That's what we're talking. We're building relationships for a long time. We think we compartmentalize our different aspects of our lives. You know, high school, college, grade school, um, first job, and then we completely change industries, and then we've got this. Think about where you're going to be in 15, 20, 25 years. You need to keep these relationships and build these relationships now to do that. And that's why we look for our network in interests of ours, running friends, knitting friends, whatever it is that you do. Those are the people that can help you. And then also you find the people at work that have those similar interests and you bring them in. And that's how we merge a big network in together that's going to be helpful for you. And this is true for introverts, extroverts, doesn't matter. Like you can find any excuse why you can't meet new people. It's all bunk. You will always be able to find someone that can be added to your network. I promise you. And it's just, look, you've got, your network's going to look very different than my network. And that's okay. And that's great. So that's the way to do it. So when we think about career coaching, and I hope this is helpful, um, career coaching is two aspects to recap. Career coaching is one, what do I want to do with my life? What's my purpose? Okay, your career uh, is a reflection of that. You have to answer the purpose question yourself. Your job's not going to give you purpose. You have to bring your purpose to your work. Okay, we have to flip that on its head and ask yourself, what do you value? What's important? And how do you supplement your career with that? Okay, maybe outside of work. Okay, maybe your job is bringing you money so that you could do something else. That's fine. Great, awesome. Good, 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 good. But think about you not just what you can do but what's important to you and what you want to do and then you could support that and and your job your work your money is a utility to get that done okay and if they align great and then for those looking to make a change network 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 that's it it's the only way to focus on it stop wasting your time tweaking your resume 550 times create a resume create your story of why you can help someone and that's it Okay. LinkedIn's up to date. That's fine. Everybody's got it. Okay. We spend so much energy and time worried about an elevator pitch. It's going to impress somebody else. And, you know, are they gonna like it? And blah, 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 blah. Simple way of explaining to people what you do and what you're capable of doing. And that's it. What you like to do. Okay. When you're creating a network and relationships, we want to like someone. We help people that we like. Okay. So I mean, most of the time when I network with people, I don't even talk about what I do comes up like the third, fourth time that, that I meet them. Um, a lot of times it comes up also at the very beginning, but, um, we're building relationships, you're building friends, that's it. And focus on that first. And then we could tap in, do you know, someone who was looking for this? And, And then your network will move that resume to the top of the top of the list. So let's kick off 2021. Well, I hope this is helpful. A little career coaching for you. Um, hopefully I saved you a couple bucks on a career coach. Uh, but also there are career coaches that are very valuable too. I will say that, um, adapting in is the book website. The book is out in two weeks and it's called adapting in Motion: finding your place in the new economy. It covers all of this, um, in detail and the, the questions you should be asking and, and how to focus on you because when we're dealing with macro change, we need to focus on micro you. Um, that's how it works. That's the way to do it. And that's how to adapt while things are are changing so quickly. So uh, get the book. Uh, as always, reach out. If I can help in any way, please. I'm happy to open up my network to anybody and make an introduction that will hopefully move your resume to the top of the list. I just need to know how to help you. So tap in. And with that, I hope everyone has a tremendous 2021, a productive and lucrative 2021. And I look forward to seeing everybody out there soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Now, do something for yourself. Bellwether is much more than just a podcast. Join us at bellweatherhub.com where you can read riveting articles, view upcoming events, and connect with other interesting people. I look forward to seeing you out there soon.